Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Hey there, and welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. This is David Nori, and this lady to my left here, I sometimes think you are like the next Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson? Clarkson? Hey. What is, what is that? There's nothing about me that is remotely like Kelly Clarkson. Well, I know you like to sing, right? And I know you always think like maybe someday, like I'm going to be the next American no, Idol. That is not, no, that's never been a thought in my mind. Do you like, am I kind of like, can I be your Simon? Can I put you through the next round? No, because I know that you're going to tell me I'm very cruise shippy. Or it could be Randy. Nah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> dog, it just wasn't good, dog. <laughs> but um, here we are. We're, it's funny because we're sitting here in the jungle room, which I named kind of after Elvis because I'm a huge Elvis fan. And ironically, you know, when people look back on Elvis or you talk about the Beatles or anything where people start to idolize somebody, and then we start to put them on a pedestal. This is what we're going to talk about today. And I kind of got into it, Angelique, a little bit with, you know, some humor there, or at least poking fun at you. But it's a serious subject. And the subject of idolatry has come up to us over and over and over again over the past couple of months. I was recently in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, went to one of my favorite churches, uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll, and he was talking about idolatry of Nebuchadnezzar and what did I say that right? Nebuchadnezzar. Neb <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, I just want to make you say tomato. I say tomato. We know what the guy's name is. Okay. But talking about how, you know, these golden statues uh, have been formed over the years in the Bible and then people were made to worship them. Mm -hmm. And we see that in the story of Daniel. Mm -hmm. But, and then we see it, you know, in the Oscars, even we see people holding this golden statue and they're kissing it. And they're like, just, mm. they're in love with it. They're grabbing it. And, oh, this means so much. And everyone's like, oh, you're so good. And we're idolizing mm -hmm. this. And it's a dangerous territory to get into, Ange. Well, it is. And, um, you know, in terms of what you just mentioned, the Oscars or just things in general, I mean, you've got trophies behind you here, none of which you won, by the way. Those are those trophies in our room here are from like the what 60s, 50s. Yeah, that's 40s. called nostalgia. It's nostalgia. And, but here's the thing you don't worship them. We've got many awards in our office. Um, and quite frankly, they, they just collect dust. Um, we threw out all your uh, Taekwondo trophies, we remember? Did. Well, I did. And you had some big ones. Big, like you had, big trophies. You had trophies taller than tall in yourself. And mm -hmm. you're like, what do I need a trophy for? To, you yeah. know. And then when you were in c competition, when you won all these competitions and you started seeing awesome. all these women come to you and they were talking about, you know, hey, I want to be in bikini competition. I want to do this. I want to do, 
fitness competitions and you're like, okay, but for what reasons, mm -hmm. you know, at, so you can win a little plastic statue and that's going to what? So there's all kinds of idolatry we could talk about. Yeah. And so what I want to say here, cause I didn't know this is the subject we're going to talk about. Usually anytime David and I have an open discussion like this, he's, he just throws a topic at me and we just go off the cup. So um, <clears throat> everything I say here can be well, used to get against me, I'm sure. Um, no, uh, I believe that having, you know, you know, goals and, and missions and being awarded for things, you know, rewarded for things and your hard work is fine. Um, I'm not the type of person that, that has anything bad to say. I think where we get things twisted um, is we end up worshiping the person or the thing um, instead of the reasons behind why someone does it um, or looking at the whole story. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting that we're talking about this because I, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy because about two, probably two and a half, let's say two years ago, two and a half years ago, um, I read the book by Donald Miller, um, Building a Story Brand. And at that time, I actually sat off of social media and kind of a sabbatical. And when I mean sat off, I was on it reading, but I wasn't posting. And we, um, you know, we're in the in industry that, uh, you know, is a promote, you know, you promote different products and things. And so I was just watching different influencers promote their product and, um, and different companies promote their, their company. And, and I said, well, hold on, according to story brand, we're doing it wrong. Like there's a lot of here's the hero. Here's what's going to save your life. Here's what's going to change everything for you. Um, here's how great we are. Here's why we're different. And I, I know good sales copy can tell us to do that. Um, but his take on it was really interesting is saying, look, the customer is the hero um, in the story. You're just the guide. We have to kind of take ourselves out of it. And so for those of you that have listened to us for a while, you'll know that my brain goes into like the spiritual aspect of things from a kingdom standpoint rather quickly. And so you can look at the practical side of what Donald Miller was saying. And however, I was saying, hold on, we are doing this wrong. This is not just about good sales copy and, and how to agitate a pain point and paint a picture to pass the grunt test so people know what your company is and why it's going to be good for them in their story. I said, we have done something incredibly wrong here we, where we are edifying ourselves, a company, a product, or a thing to the point where we believe so strongly in it that um, we, we get to the point where we, we can turn the other way and ignore some very clear signs in our own life um, that kind of invert our value system. So let me explain. If I am so buried in the thing, the company, the product, whatever, that I lose myself or I'm not able to see it from spiritual eyes and a divine order and know who my God is, then I can oftentimes turn my cheek or look the other way when something's wrong rather than having a really honest, open conversation and saying, hey, perhaps we need to look at this a little bit differently. So I feel like I've kind of rambled on that now, but I really, I really want to just challenge people in a different way because we can, we can lose friendships. We can lose our values. We can lose 
who our God really is when right. we get so bought into the thing. Okay. You know, and that becomes an idol. But that's it. Okay. So we're talking, there's a couple of different ways we're going to go here. So what we're talking there is in a secular world. We're talking about, uh, and this and this we'll see it. Uh, we had our pastor recently talking about in the spiritual world, and basically is, hey, we have all these people who are giving messages, and basically what they want to do is give you a message so people love it, and then th- in return, the pastor or the thought leader—I hate that word, thought leader—but thought leader or whoever is giving the message gets themselves exalted. Like, yeah, I'm giving you this stuff. You guys should love it. And then in turn, you guys praise me. And it's this vicious kind of cycle. Yes. And we have to be careful here. We have a podcast. Exactly. We, we want to, we want to be, God, here's another word. Influencers. I don't know if that's the case. I don't like that no. word. I don't like thought leaders. I like agitators. I like discussion leaders, whatever you want to call it. But the fact of the matter is, and we've said this before, over the last couple of years, when we've taken a stage or we've done something, or even on social media, I told people, when you introduce me, or when you say things, please don't use the words like amazing or anything like that. And it's, I'm not trying to be like self-deprecating and oh me and I'm humble, but I'd like to leave amazing for God. And that's the truth. I'd like to leave amazing for people who, who really do like our friend, Scott Rigsby, ran a, ran a, an Ironman with no legs. Um, that's pretty amazing, you know, yeah. but even Scott would admit, you know, that's not God amazing. There's only one really amazing thing. So we have to be careful about how we edify people. Yeah. And, and then again, we're getting to these things where we are calling people thought leaders and we're, and we're praising them. And, and then it's only human nature. I get it. Like it's human nature. If you are on a stage and people are clapping for you and they love you and afterward people are telling you you're amazing in your social media and they are sharing your stuff, we are only human. It is impossible not to have your ego be inflated. And then we see these same people who then they have cardboard cutouts of themselves at their next event. And like, you know, now, now you're getting to this position of what we're saying between idolatry and admiration. So if we look at admiration versus idolatry, we want to admire our teachers. We want to admire people. There's a reason why people pay good money to go to conferences. There's a reason why some pastors have a lot of people in their church and some people don't. Because if you have a valuable message and you can entertain people and at the same time you can educate them, then that is a commodity and that is something that we need. And that is a special gift. Just like Elvis, if we go back to entertainment, Elvis had a gift. He was a super good looking guy. He had a great voice. He was ahead of his time in terms of, in terms of how he would dance. But when you see the, the videos of Elvis or go back to the Rolling Stones when they were first coming out, go back to the Beatles. Like if you've never watched a Beatles documentary or a Rolling Stones documentary or even more recently, like a Duran Duran, I've seen all these documentaries and they were, people are literally falling over themselves, crying, screaming. And then you have to ask yourself, I get it, but is it really adding to your life? I mean, are we, we have to have a separation there. Yeah. Guys, if we look at our football teams, you know, you have, we're wearing their Jersey or we have their picture on our wall. Um, we, we idolize these football players and I get it. I have jerseys. I, I have, you know, Robert Plant is his picture is in here. Uh, uh, Jimmy Page. Here's Elvis. Here's Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. 
I like them, but I don't want to idolize them. And I think there's a thin line there when we start looking at other people. Our job really right here, right now with this podcast is to get you guys to realize what's the value in yourself. Why, if you walk and you put your pants on two legs at a time, and I love the, the old adage, everybody poops, right? Two legs at a time. I mean, two, one leg at a time. <laughs> I messed that up. And, uh, and then the old, adage, the old adage, right? Everybody poops. Like Everybody poops. That really makes you kind of humble yourself. I mean, it's silly. It's stupid. But I want to draw attention to this is we, we got to separate telling people they're amazing for doing their job. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a hierarchy of that. And I, and I believe that God, I believe that Jesus is amazing. And everything else is valuable. Everything else is could be, hey, it's awesome. It's great. It's thank you. But amazing is a whole nother level. Well, the slippery slope is when we become so bought in as a fan of someone or something um, that we lose the ability to see with God's eyes. And um I've been there. I mean, there. I'm. I'm obsessed with two things. I'm obsessed with learning about um, just kingdom down principles. I'm obsessed with understanding the Bible and its roots and and all of the stories and how um, when it was written in the Hebrew and Greek, like that is just exciting to me. Um, and then I'm also obsessed with business. I'm really obsessed with understanding uh, different strategies and stuff. But I do it in that order. Like if it doesn't if the strategy is inverted um, in any way, then I've put that strategy before God and therefore I'll make business decisions that are not in his plan and not in his order. So when we become so bought in to a person, um, a guru, an influencer, a coach, um, a company, a product, um, we can oftentimes miss it. Let me explain. Say that person company thing, whatever, does something, says something um, that is deemed valuable, that looks good on the outside, but it's an inversion of our faith. Like somewhere there's a compromise and we, and it was so, so tricky and so twisted. Um, uh, it's such a small twist of the truth. We miss it. I think about it in, in biblical sense, like, in the Garden of Eden, when Eve and, and Adam were there at, at the, the tree of um, knowledge, and, this, and then all of a sudden, Eve starts talking to this serpent. Well, I mean, obviously, if in this time and day and age, if, we, if a serpent started talking to us, we'd be like, uh, this is weird. This is not obviously a good thing. Well, back then, it was probably normal, okay? and he challenged her with scripture that she knew in her heart and she missed it because it was so cunning and so convincing and so um, carefully, carefully misconstrued just enough to where one word could be taken out and she missed the whole thing. And that was the ultimate downfall. So we can do that. We can get so much of a, we can be such a raving fan for someone or something that we miss it. And we just, we just do what's 
what's natural, right? What do we do? We double tap, we like, we comment, we throw up the emojis, we share it. And I'm like, did you do your intel? Did you check the facts on that one? Is that really that person's quote? Is there anything here that maybe could challenge your faith? Have you really questioned what's coming out of their mouth is actually what's being done behind doors? That is the slippery slope of idolatry. Because when I get challenged in my spirit, I don't immediately combat it. I don't, I'm not a confrontational person. I sit with it. I take it to God. I put it at the altar and I say, okay, why is this challenging me? Why is this creating a restlessness in my spirit? Why does this feel like it's inverted somehow? Is it me? Is this coming from my thought process? Is my ego involved? Um, am I you know, resentful for something or something that I have to repent of? Or is this restlessness something that my spirit is telling me is wrong? Now, that doesn't mean that you go start fighting the battle. It means that you start making a very, very God-sized perspective. You take a God-sized perspective, you zoom out and you go, okay, hold on a second. Can I continue to perpetuate this? Can I continue to keep walking this line? Can I continue to dismiss this? Can I continue to just turn the other way? Because that's where we become on, we get on a slippery slope and it becomes excusable to the point where we start excusing um, our values and our God and our faith because somebody that you, you deemed brilliant or something that you really loved but did something that you didn't really, you just missed it. You missed it. If you look at them from a historical standpoint, you know, the Bible just, as, again, as we've been learning, the Bible just doesn't tell you history. It tells you what history is to come, what's going to happen again, because history repeats itself, right? If, if we look back at Daniel and, and we look at him and his three friends and they were said, Hey, every time that you hear this music, you're literally supposed to drop to your knees and worship this, this false the idol. This, and they said, no, we're not going to do that. We simply won't. And they basically, how about you guys? How many of you guys out there right now, if they said, hey, if, if every time this bell rings or every time you hear this music, if you don't stop and fall to your knees and worship this person, um, you're going to be thrown into a fiery pit. It wasn't like you're going to be thrown into jail. It wasn't like you're going to get fined. No, you're going to die. And you're going to die being thrown into a fiery pit. And yet Daniel and his, uh, or his three friends said, you know, we, we will do it. And they came out of the fire unscathed, untouched. And then uh, it was even a second time where, um, where Daniel was told that he had to, couldn't pray to another, anybody other than their king. And he was caught praying. They set him up and he was caught praying. And then he got thrown into where? He got thrown into the lion's den and he came out unscathed. So when, when we're talking about, hey, not having an idol right now, um, small peanuts compared to your life being on the line. I think a lot of people who said, Hey, bow or be thrown into a fire. Let's face it, guys. A lot of us are gonna be like, okay, I mean, that's not really a great option. You know, I really don't want to get thrown into a fiery pit. And, and this is the ultimate story of what it means to follow your beliefs. What it means to say at any cost, I will not yeah. have any other idols besides my, my God, my God, my one true God is the one who I will bow to anything else, life or death, choose death. And Hey, and that's hard, especially, especially when you have things attached to that, that person or that thing that affects your life greatly. Okay. Like whether it's your, maybe, maybe you're working at a job. Okay. That, um, essentially 
there's things going on that you don't, that don't agree with your spirit, but you're like, Oh, but I, I got to stay here because um, it affects my livelihood. Well, yeah, it does. But that doesn't mean that you can't either address it or change it. It's okay. It is okay for you to change your mind. It is okay for you to stand and not shrink back. It is okay for you to be firm and have resolve in who you are and who you serve, no matter who is in control of that thing that you're attached to, no matter what anyone says. I personally will never bow to another human being or a thing or money. And the minute that I catch myself slipping into a slope where I'm afraid to let go of a person or a thing or money because it has some level of control over my life, I've lost my faith. Yes. And I won't do it. I refuse to do it. So if we look at this, Angelique, from now that we're talking about in our own personal lives, we, we kind of touched on celebrity. We kind of touched on the Bible. Uh, um, but now we're talking about our own personal lives. One of the things that goes hand in hand with idolatry these days is significance. Yeah. Uh, because how did this happen? You know, I believe with the start of reality TV, and then I certainly believe with social media, um, I want to give a big kudos to Instagram for taking away the likes. I think that was a huge step in the right direction. I have mine still. No, you can see your own, but you can't no, see I can how many other. see yours. You can't see mine. No, I can. You can see how many likes I have? I can. No. I don't think it's, it's been, it's not been everyone. Okay. I'll show you. Well, it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> Again, we're talking about yeah. significance and let's talk about it from a state of what we're doing for a living. You know, we've been coaching people. And when, when I get to the bottom of most stories, a lot of stories, it's this is, it, it is about significance. Yeah. People say they want to help people and they, they got a brand, but when it comes down to it, it's like, I don't know if I'm reaching enough people. I don't know if my audience is big enough. Well, we and what that lets me know, what that lets me know is what if it's an audience of one or two? Right. Like what, if you could change one person's life massively in like a massive, massive way, like let's say you were a big brother or a big sister and you could change one person's life like just completely, or you could have, Every day you could have 2,000 likes on a picture that would just be fluff. Mm -hmm. Let's face it. I think this is, I think most people, if they, if they weren't held accountable and nobody knew, like if this was a secret agreement, I think most people would say, I'd rather have 2,000 likes on my page every day than massively change one person's life. That's if true. they could, if they could make that choice and not be held accountable to it, no one would see it. Yeah. Let's just be honest with human nature. That's the way we are. So if we look at like in the industrial age, and our parents, our grandparents, they went to work to make money. They, they made, let's for, for argument's sake, they made widgets in a factory for eight hours a day. Now, granted, now that we're getting into this different time and place, the kids that are graduating college now, they just don't want to make widgets. They want to do something that's meaningful. And I get it. I understand that we want to have meaning in our work. We just don't want to you know, work 70 or 50 years, however long you're going to live, and then you die and someone's like, hey... Ange made widgets for her whole life. Wasn't that great? Because you feel like, hey, I was put on earth to do more than make widgets. So we want meaning behind our work, but why do we want the meaning? Do we want it for self-fulfillment, which is good? Do we want it so we can say, hey, God, you know, I use my gifts and I came here and thank you that I was able to use my talents to make a difference in the world? Or do we want to use our gifts so we get admiration. We get pats on the backs. We get likes. It's a slippery slope. I'm not going to be ignorant and say that we're not susceptible to it at all. Look, we are human beings. 
And as a human being, we have egos and, and we have to keep them in check. That's what I want this podcast right here to be about today is not to say we're better than somebody. We're chastising somebody because that's, again, that's a form of idolatry. We know better than you. We're not susceptible to it. We don't care. No, this is about saying, Hey, listen up every once in a while. We got to put ourselves in check. Are we doing this for the right reasons? And there's only one person that you can lie to that matters and that's yourself. So when you lay your head down at night and you said, you know what? I was doing good for a couple weeks there, but I'm getting caught up in idolatry. Either I'm putting too much emphasis on somebody else or I'm expecting too much emphasis on myself. Time to course correct and move back because we are human. We are human. You are going to get caught up in it. It is... It is seduction of the devil. The devil wants to seduce you with, with fame. He's, he's done it. He, he's, he tempted Jesus. Hey, if you're the son of man, why don't you just, you know, bow to me and I'll give you everything that you see here. Every kingdom that's in your eyes view, you will have. Mm-hmm. What is that an appeal to? It's straight appeal to Jesus's ego. Mm-hmm. And, and so if Jesus was tempted by this, guys, in 2020, it's normal. I just want you to say every once in a while, why am I doing this? Is it for the right reasons? Am I cool with it? Is my soul cool with it? If I met my maker today, can I look at him in the eye and say, God, I feel pretty good about the amount of work I put in. Well, everybody wants to be seen and heard. I mean, that's, uh, that's the nature. Why, why is it? But did your, did your parents, did our parents? No, not, not everybody. Well, everybody wants to be seen and heard in 2020. In, yep. in 1940, people wanted to live. They wanted to have a family. They wanted to come home and spend some time with their kids on the weekends and at night, and they just wanted to survive. But that's just the corruption. Of the- but, but this is in my book now, we've become, we, in my book, I talk about, we have the ability now, we've become with the three squares a day with a roof over our head. And, you know, when you talk about food, shelter, and clothing, they're assumed pretty much. I mean, yes, there are some homeless people. We know that's still a problem. We know there are parts of the world that are still in poverty. But I'm talking about as a generational thing in 2020, more than ever in the history of mankind, we have those three things taken care of. And in 1940, 1950, parents and grandparents, no, it was still a struggle. So what I'm saying is now that we have those things and we don't have to worry as much for the most part about food, shelter, and clothing it allows us the ability to self-actualize. And this is like uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Once you have the basics, then you can go to the next level. And then you can go to the next level. And I believe there is some God in that theory. You know, God wants you to use your gifts and self-actualize to the point where you are operating at a very high level and impacting other people. But what I'm saying, Angie, and you could talk about this, is in 2020, it's, it's more of a thing. Like we want attention. We, we need significance. Significance is a huge part of everybody's life. And we see it in our coaching. If not, then people wouldn't be as worried about followers or their impact or how they're going to get out there. They wouldn't care as much. So it's kind of a new thing. Well, it is. I mean, it's been perpetuated. I don't think it's new. There's nothing new under the sun. Case in point, Lucifer, (laughs) right? He wanted significance. He wanted to be God. And he convinced one third of the angels to feel the same way. 
and it's all throughout scripture. So it's not that it's new. It's just been perpetuated and tolerated and celebrated and um, encouraged and said, hey, guys, this is where you get significance. This is how we create more of a following. This is how you can have a bigger presence on social media. This is how you can make more money. This is how blah, blah, blah. Buy it. You buy, you're buying the likes. You're buying the engagement groups. You're buying the way into being more significant. And this is a problem. It's a real problem. But David and I, like he said, we are not susceptible to this. No, we are susceptible. I'm, yeah, sorry. We're not, yes. we're not immune to it. <laughs> there you That's go. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Every day we get messages from our listeners. Every day our podcast is, is shared. Every day we hear the testimonies. And that in our labor of love is an incredible return of investment for us for, for the, the time, the energy, and the love that we put into this. I don't get as high off of those testimonies as many people might. I actually go, when I read them, I go into the life of the person and I'm like, that is what I stay awake for. I don't get as high from edification. However, I want to say, I'm going to stand here right now and say to all of you, if there's ever a time that I say anything that I need to be corrected, that I need to be challenged, that I've messed up doctrine or, or whatever. I am open for that discussion. I am never above, ever above the, who I just, I'm just not above it. If you're talking to someone or dealing with someone or dealing with a company or dealing with anything that makes you feel like you have to shrink back or that your voice is not significant enough and that they can't be wrong, that's an idol. When you refuse to bow for something and it angers them, it disrupts things and things from the dark start coming out and freaking out, that's an idol because it's about control. It's not about connection. It's not about love. It's about their significance. It's about everyone needing to be right. It's about them needing to be validated and, and uh, significant in everyone's eyes. And that is why listener, anyone listening, me, you, whoever, David, when we read through comments and we have one person that rattles us, right? One person, it all takes is one person that rattles us. They can say something negative. And that's the, that's the idol in us. That's like, oh, hold on a second. You're challenging my, you're challenging who I am. You're challenging my word. You're challenging what I have to say. And we get righteous. Now, this different anger comes when someone challenges my faith. I have heard even recently people, they pull the God card. Excuse me. God is not a card to me. He is the creator of the universe. He is my father and my savior. And I don't pull him out of my back pocket when I need him as if he's a first aid kit. He is used in my daily walk from the minute I open my eyes in the morning to the minute I close them at night. And he is there with me when I sleep. That is who I serve. Mm -hmm. And if he is not interlaced into my life, my personal walk, my health, yes. my marriage, my children, my family and community, and, and big fat A-N-D business, I've got it wrong. It's been twisted. It's been inverted. It's been perverted. And we have got to check ourselves. And as your husband, I know that's true. Like, I believe that even you way more so than me. Like, I look at a person objectively in you that I know you don't, don't care about that 
And I know you don't care about it as much as me. And I'm, I'm trying to be subjective to myself. And what we're seeing here is if we go back to, again, the only way we can do this, because I guarantee you if every person that got off a podcast, every person that got off stage, every person that made even a, even a presentation in front of their business, everybody's going to say thankful. We're always going to say, we don't want the applause. We're always going to say, we just want to be humble. That's the right thing to say. Okay. And I'm not saying we don't mean it sometimes. I'm saying that again, human nature, just like we are susceptible to something like sweets, right? You're going to walk past a, a, a piece of cake or something. Human nature is to be that way. So my overwhelming thing here is not to say that we're never like that. My overwhelming thing is I don't want to live in a glass house and throw stones, right? My overwhelming message is we always must be cognizant of our humility. Sometimes when we get out of line, we get a big dose of humble pie, and that's a good thing. We should never get old enough or smart enough to know that we're not able to learn a lesson. And when we look at our teachers, and we look at this from a biblical standpoint, you know, the, uh, the Christian philosopher Charles Spurgeon said, the time will come when instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have clowns entertaining the goats. Hmm. What, the time will come when instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, they'll have clowns entertaining the goats. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they're right. I think there's a few people who are that twisted that they, they know they're doing the wrong thing and they continue to do it anyway. I think we're all just, we are seduced by fame. We are seduced by money. We are seduced by adoration. And I think that's the devil's playground. And as a Christian in my walk, I'm going to be the first to admit, sometimes my biggest thing is I have been very um, guilty of, of judgment. I have been very guilty of that. And Angelique, you know that this is something I've been working on because um, I'm opinionated, yeah. you know, and, and I'm not trying to make that as an excuse. It's just, I have an opinion about things and I have strong opinions. I'm never on the fence. You don't see me saying, oh, I could go either way. I'm just like this or that. So I've realized that as a Christian, if I'm going to be this way, I have to start learning that I can't cast judgment. And my mom's always done a great job of that. She's, she'll defend anybody. You know, my mom was like, well, maybe they didn't have a good home life or maybe they had a hard time, this and that, you know, what I'm saying is we're going to wrap this up here is gosh, we would seem very arrogant if we got up here and we tried to lecture you guys on this. I almost wish we would have started off this podcast by saying this first with like a little caveat or asterisk. 1000% Angelique and I are human. 1000% we are susceptible to the temptations that God, I mean, that the devil puts in front of us of, um, geez, you know, do you want a big round of applause? Do you want people telling you that you're doing the right thing? Because look, we do need that at the same time. You know, if you're a child or if you're doing a job, you want to, you want people to know that you're doing a good thing. So you need feedback just the same way. If your kid makes his bed, you got to give them the feedback and say, great job. I'm proud of you. If not, they don't know they're doing it right. If we're doing this podcast and we don't have anybody, you know, saying, Hey, we liked it or Hey, we got something out of it. Then we're not going to know. And what I try and do is every time I get some type of feedback on our podcast or anything, I take a screenshot and I have a folder on my phone that says edification. And this is for me. And it may seem 
like that's a little bit like, wow, you're saving all this stuff. No, I have to remind myself. I do it for just the opposite reason. I do it because every once in a while, I have to go back and remind myself why I'm doing this. What is the real ROI for me? It's not about how many people download this thing. It's not about how many people share this thing. It's not about what kind of money we can make from advertising on this thing. It is literally to remind myself, hey, this person said you made an impact in their day. Okay. Sometimes I share those, but the most intimate ones I don't share with anybody. So if you've ever given me something and it's very intimate and you've told me that we've made an impact, I share that with myself only and I put it in a folder. Sometimes, of course, to advertise, we have to be smart, right, Ange? I mean, if we're going to advertise this, we always kind of repost things because we want people to know that we think we're doing something that has some value here. That's pretty normal. If not, we'd be stupid. But the most intimate ones I take and I look every once in a while to remind myself to stay humble. So that's where we are, whether it be in your, in your spirit walk, whether it be in your work or in your family. Our goal here talking about idolatry is no human being is worth any more than another human being. Okay. We are all equally special. Some people have talents and you know, there's people that can run fast. There's people that have great voices. Not everybody can be Elvis. We know that, but there's only one person that's amazing and that's God. The rest of us are just trying to do the best we can to contribute here. So in closing, I want to say, check yourself every once in a while. And if you find yourself getting too big for your britches, if you find yourself in your egos kind of filling up and your head's getting big, don't beat yourself up. Guess what? You're normal. If you find yourself going, I wish more people liked my stuff or I wish I had a bigger audience. You know what? doesn't mean you're narcissistic. It just means you want to do good work. But there's a fine line between doing that and being tempted to be overly consumed with idolatry and um, narcissism. And the last thing I'll add to that is besides checking ourselves, we need to check the way we see things. And what I mean is, is when you're a fan, that doesn't mean that everything that someone or, or something or anyone does or says or, or uh, shares is gospel. So when you're a fan of someone, everything that comes out of their mouth is not always gospel. And so we have to be careful there because we can get drawn in and sucked into something that actually starts to pull scales on our eyes versus scales off of our eyes. So while we're checking ourselves, make sure we're also checking who's turning us on. Amen. With that said, we hope that this pulled some scales off your eyes and turned you on today. Until next time. 